0: This is the Total Tuscany Podcast, episode 88.
1: And this is, uh, becomes quite difficult for me because many of my clients, they ask me in their itineraries to add the amount of tip they should be giving to each person. So this is what um, my philosophy is and what I, I think. And the reason why we don't tip in Italy, firstly, is because we have, um, you know, a standard payment for waitresses uh, people that work in bars um, so all of the typical hospitality industries and any type of industry has a standard wage
0: the most common question we are asked is how much should you tip in italy the practice of tipping in italy is much different than it is in the united states you just heard from linda sorgiovanni from italy customized you will hear more from linda in this podcast as we give you the definitive answer on whether to tip or not to tip.
2: Travis, I would ask what's new in your world, but I already know. You just came back from another trip without us.
0: Uh, I did, and uh, we spent about 10 days in Florence, and it was it was fabulous. We got there. Uh, it, they, they threw things off on me, though, because they were expecting a great number of tourists in Florence for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which is December 8th, which is the night they traditionally light the the Christmas tree by the Duomo, right? And we were all excited because we were going to get there for the Immaculate Conception. We we're going to be there where 30,000, 40,000 people gather around the Duomo and they they do the countdown and the tree goes on. They did it the night before. <laughs> and why? Because they knew big crowds were going to be there. So they, they, they kind of publicized it, but they didn't. And I didn't follow up and check. I just was assuming, hey, it's going to take place on Thursday the 8th. Here we go. It's going to be great. And then we were, I believe we were actually on a walking tour with Linda uh, Sor Giovanni, who we're going to talk to today on the Total Tuscany podcast. And Anjanette turned the corner and went, the Christmas tree lights are on. And she didn't tell me till we got to our hotel room. And she goes, hey, just to let you know, they already lit the tree. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You missed the whole. Missed the whole thing. ceremony. The fireworks and all the all the no, hoopla. that's Easter. The fireworks is is the Easter okay. ceremony. This one is just they just they do a they bring out people in traditional garb and they do a little dance. They got the drums going and they do the countdown just to light the Christmas tree. And it's a fun night to be a part of. But you know, I I had a wonderful time, Pat. We got to visit the uh, the Christmas markets in, in the Santa Croce. Of course, enjoyed the. Uh, the, the Christmas lights throughout Florence, we went to Arezzo, we went to Certaldo, we went to Siena, went to San Gimignano. Uh, so we, we got around uh, pretty good. I was c- surprised at a couple of things. I'm going to let everybody know right now. Now is the time to go to Italy or maybe even Europe for that, for that matter. Because the inflation has not hit Italy like it has the United States. Things were really cheap. And, and, and I mean, I mean, we just we never once felt like something was outrageous price. We went to when we arrived in Certaldo, which is uh, about a, a forty five minute train ride outside of of Florence. We went right to a little cafe right away. We got three coffees, two waters, and three pastries. It was five euro and twenty cents.
2: That's amazing.
0: <laughs> so those prices haven't gone up really at all. No, right? haven't gone up at all. And, and the dollar worth. And the dollar is worth a little bit more now. Now, keep in mind, what you want to do is you you can get your euros in advance. We went over with 500 euro cash. Okay, so Because we always say take a little bit before you go. Yeah. Um, And so that ended up costing me. Now, you can look online and say, hey, it's a a buck three, buck four to the euro. When you buy through your bank, I ended up paying a buck 11 because you got to pay the forex fee and the bank's going to make a little bit of money. Use your credit card. Make sure you have a credit card that has a zero foreign transaction fee and you're going to get the best exchange rate and i noticed that right away when i checked my bank statement when i got back or my credit card statement use your credit card as much as you can i will say this um and, and i know pat is a big advocate of american express american express n- is very hard to use over there my a friend of ours got turned down probably 75 to 80 percent of the time yeah you, you have to use you have to have an American. I use American Express card and then
2: a uh, a Capital One card.
0: Yeah, I, I use a Visa. Um, I use my Southwest card, right? My Southwest Chase card, but uh, it's a it's it's a Visa, and but American Express is not really used a lot, at least in the Florence and Tuscany area, and it was turned around a lot by my with the uh, our traveling uh, companion. But mm-hmm. again, use your credit card. I think is most because you're going to get the best exchange rate. Uh, but inflation has not hit. Uh, Florence, by any means, or Tuscany, and of course, the further you got outside the, the city center, a lot cheaper, the further you got out of town, even a lot cheaper, right. and, and very much affordable. So,
2: what was the highlight of your experience, before we start talking about today's
0: Um, y- You know, I, I've really fallen in, and, and I haven't been there during maybe a high season, or even spring or fall, but I'm really turning into... A fan of of Arezzo during the Christmas season. Okay, so tell everybody where that is. Uh, Arezzo is, uh, it's it's probably, it's uh, I'm directionally challenged, but uh, think closer if you were going to go to Cortona and by train. There's just I forget which way it is, but uh, um, it's about an hour twenty hour thirty minute train ride from the Santa Maria Novella in, in Florence. So it's a commuter train. Stopping, yeah, stop and go. yeah. Well, it's not really snow because we only stopped maybe three or four times. Stopped in Empoli and a couple other towns. So because there's one train path that's more commuter that takes two hours. There's another one that takes about an hour twenty minutes. So it makes less stops. Uh, but I'm really just turning into a fan of Arezzo for a number of reasons. The, the city has a really cool vibe to it. Um, it's not as expensive as Florence, and I just in Florence isn't that expensive right now. Um, there's not a lot of Americans. I like that, right? I mean, and the Christmas market really is is cool. And we we stood and drank two bottles of wine outside at the Christmas market and just enjoying the scenery and people watching. And it, it's it's just one of those places I, I like to visit when I go there now.
2: You know, we were just talking about that, my wife and I, because you sent – so Trav, our listeners, Travis sends me pictures every day, <laughs> every day, living vicariously but showing what he's doing. And it's funny because in the states, uh, you you get up, you go to work, you come home, you're you're in your if you're in the suburbs, you kind of stay in that little yeah. area, but when we're over in Italy, you're you're outside in a community drinking wine. E- everything you're doing is with a lot of other people. Yes, and we strive hard to find people or find ways for our clients to get into the local with the Italians rather than with all the. Tours. Yeah but you're still outside you're still doing things in a community setting that there isn't anything like that
0: here. not 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 on this scale i mean you, we have community events obviously and you have festivals and stuff like that but it just there's just so much joy around this time of the year and and i really and i and i had a good time doing that so you know the the food was spectacular um, i was surprised that uh, a number of places have closed that we've been before i think the pandemic had an effect on on some places uh, because Especially in the city center, um, Linda Sorgiovanni, who we're going to be talking to on today's podcast, said that you know landlords did not stop rent payments during the. and, And trust me, if you think we had it bad here in the United States, you can't even. I mean, they were they were driving through the streets. With with speakers saying stay in your home, you cannot. You were allowed like a half an hour outside every day. I mean, it, it, I mean, if that would have happened here, there would have been a revolt, yeah, or, right?
2: Very authoritarian.
0: Yeah, very. It, it was very authoritarian. So, um but they've made some people have made it through. Some people haven't. But this is my first time back since 2019, when I believe I brought COVID <laughs> back with me because I had never been so sick, and it just felt good to be there. Had a little bit of a different vibe. Um, but it felt good to be there. And I think, uh, it looks like we're going to turn around and go again at the end of February, first part of March for a number of reasons. We're bringing a couple over there who, who had purchased a trip. And then also, uh, my daughter is studying in Ireland. And so we're going to make a two week junt out of that. And you're going to come with us, I believe. We are. We are. And so
2: you talked about using the credit cards. The one thing we wanted to talk about today is tipping because... On that credit card bill, there is no place to tip.
0: Well, and that's interesting. First of all, when it comes to getting, well, we'll just talk about a restaurant. There's so many different places you have the potential to tip in Italy, and one of the biggest questions people are always asked is, "What do you tip in Italy? What's the and and you think you know, but then you don't know, right? First of all, if you go to, let's just use a restaurant as an example. If you go to a restaurant, I'm going to get this out there right now. It's not like the United States where they want to turn a table over every half or hour, hour to hour fifteen minutes. They will not ask you to leave your table. If you, so, if you are sitting there going, God, they're not bringing me the ticket. You must ask for the ticket. Okay, just just let that go in. Know that going in, and say no waiter or waitress is going to come to you and say, "Here is your ticket." You have to say, hey, "Can I have my ticket?" And uh, because it would be rude. Yes, they
2: would think it rude to bring you the ticket when, like in the states, yes, they bring you your food. Some waitresses or waiters will lay the tab the moment they put the dinner on the
0: table. Yeah, because they want you off of that table. Because they want to turn that table and get another person in there. It's not like that way in Italy. They want you to sit back. And there's a reason they have multiple courses. If you stayed there for three hours, they wouldn't care. And they may deep down, but they're not going to ask you to leave so just be when you are ready to leave make sure to ask your your wait staff in Italy for the ticket and they'll bring it to you then it comes to the part of tipping Um, and and that's a great question and so we thought we would get to the bottom of the tipping question in almost every single scenario and that's why we've invited Linda Sorgiovanni from Italy Customized uh, to join us today to talk about when and when not to tip in Italy (music) You know, Linda, it just seems like yesterday you and I saw each other.
1: I know. I know. It sure did. Over a glass of wine, two or three glasses of wine.
0: You know he's rubbing
2: it in, Linda, when he says that. (laughs) Because he knows that I'm living vicariously through all these travels.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. And the photos. I love that image of you waking up in the morning and being able to see the cathedral in the distance from your window.
0: Yeah, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a great trip. I didn't get to see enough of you of sport. I, of course, uh, uh, your business partner, Roberto, picked us up at the airport. He went on uh, a little Apertivo uh, tour with us. And, uh, yeah. But you, you, had to, you had to get out of town, and uh, we didn't get to hook up again. But it, it, the, okay. the, the, the hours that we got to spend together were, were fabulous.
1: Weren't they great? We had such a lovely time, and your friends were there, and, and Jeanette. And it was so great. I, every time you come, I want to show you more. Um, so I try not to, I mean, it's easy to, there's so many things to show you that it can conti- continuously be different.
0: You know, before we dive into today's subject, I do what, let's bring this up right now. Cause you brought that up and there's a brand new, uh, tour or excursion you're doing that you told us about. We didn't really dive into it, but it's with La Marzocco. So a lot of people always think of wine and food, but in Italy, coffee is a big deal. And now you have yeah. an experience that you can offer at La Marzocco.
1: Yes, exactly. In fact, it's the um, Academia dell'Espresso, so it's the Espresso Academy of La Marzocco, the place where um, Piero Bambi began making these handmade um, coffee machines that are still made in Florence. They're made in a little town called Scarperia, same place where the the handmade wooden knives are made, just out of the the city centre. But this um, headquarters is really fantastic. So we visit the museum and we walk through and learn all about a coffee. We actually have a coffee tasting. Now, I used to, many years ago, um, also take guests on an espresso and chocolate tasting. But they were so wired by the end of it that I had to kind of stop. <laughs> <That's laughs> so, so this is a really great way to understand um, this, this coffee machine. That is, it's, it's like visiting a Ferrari factory. That's how incredible it is because they show you um, what goes into assembling these handmade machines. Now only hundreds of them are made per year. They're sold all over the world and um, the story of Piero Bambi is really incredible. He actually invented the coffee machine. The coffee machine that we see in espresso bars was originally in 1927, kind of almost like a mocha Um, If you can imagine. So he created a double bar um, machine where the barista, so the bar person can speak to the client, because that's the whole point. no? when you go into a cafe, you want to have a conversation with who's making your coffee in the morning. So this is uh, was invented by him. And so it goes through all of the phases of of the, you know, the amazing coffee machine and coffee making and the espresso coffee.
0: You know, the interesting part is I think uh, a lot of Americans that maybe go there for the first time, as Pat and I sit here and and record this podcast with you, we have our 16-ounce cups of black coffee, which you're not going to get that at a traditional coffee shop or cafe in in Italy.
1: You're exactly right, and that's what was so great about Piero Bambi. He kind of changed the way that Italians saw coffee because, you know, for for Italians, we walk into a little bar and we take it like a a spirulina shot or an energy shot um, whereas it has changed a lot in even in Florence. And this change has been because of an amazing guy called Francesco Senapo. I didn't get a chance to show you, but maybe you've been to the cafe called Dita Arsigianale. So it now has become this, it's like what Harold Schultz wanted Starbucks to be. Um, so this is next trip. I'll take you there.
0: Oh, that is awesome. And the next is. trip is is coming up very quickly. And yes, you get to go along yeah. on this one, Pat.
2: You know, but it's, it's interesting that we have these huge mugs of coffee. Yes. We walk into a Starbucks and we don't talk. We no. get coffee and we leave. They walk oh, in, man. they get this little shot, and then they have a, a conversation. is pretty amazing.
1: Italians love to people watch. They love to speak. They love to look around. They love to look at other people. So that's why they're always in these confined spaces. People could stand for a very long time with that little tiny shot of, of, of cafe. It's fabulous.
0: Well, in that transition, this into today's topic, which is tipping, you know, one of the questions we are asked a lot, uh, whether that's on Facebook, Instagram, or just email, which you can email us total Tuscany gmail.com is about tipping people want to know about tipping and it, it came back into my head as soon as we landed in the States because uh, I went to a restaurant and I'm back to tipping 2025% of my total bill. And I, I even get confused a little bit when I'm in Italy and what's the proper thing to do, what is not the proper, because I don't want to offend anybody. So let's start at a cafe. Um, take us through the the proper, if we tip at all, or how this works when we walk into a coffee shop in the morning. How, how would that work?
1: Let me explain to you, firstly, the difference with tipping in America and the, t- the difference with tipping in Italy. So Italy, America is quite um, in a world of its own, because even in Australia, we don't really tip either. Um, so it's firstly the culture of tipping. Um, now, it's not actually a cultural thing to tip in Italy. So an Italian, if you're with if I'm with my husband and his friends in a restaurant, they don't leave a tip. So it's not part of the culture to begin with. Um, And this uh, becomes quite difficult for me because many of my clients, they ask me in their itineraries to add the amount of tip they should be giving to each person. So this is what um, my philosophy is and what I think. And the reason why we don't tip in Italy, firstly, is because we have, um, you know, standard payment for waitresses, uh, people that work in bars, Um, So, all of the typical hospitality industries and any type of industry has a standard wage. Whereas in America, I understand, that is not actually the case in restaurants and cafes, correct?
0: That is correct. That's right.
1: So, that's why um, it's not expected. So, it is not expected that you leave a tip. No one is going to be offended with you if you don't leave a tip. What I typically do, if I feel like I've had good service, I'll leave in a restaurant, around 10%. Now, if I'm going into a walk-in bar, cafe, where I walk in, ask for a a cappuccino um, or even an espresso, I take that cup, uh, down it and and leave the cup at the bar, I don't leave a tip at all because there's no service involved in that experience. Whereas if I'm in a restaurant and I'm served by a waiter that is recommending the wines, and typically that's the case scenario in, in, in Italy, the waiters are really have this cultural uh, idea of looking after people. It's kind of like going into someone's home. That's why they're not rushing you. That's why they're not changing tables. They want you to feel relaxed. So if you feel like you've had a great service, you can leave. I usually leave 10% in cash.
0: That that the makes a lot of why, sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, the reason why I say in cash is because even when you um, – the bill arrives, the conto in uh, in Italy arrives, you can't actually leave a tip on your credit card. And that is a real um, understanding where you say, okay, this is not part of their culture, for sure. Uh, so it's not expected. That's what's very important to understand.
2: So I wanted to ask the reverse. Well, actually, when you order a cup of coffee or a cappuccino, you pay for it first at one counter, then you walk across, oh, right? So that confuses exactly. Americans anyway.
1: Exactly, but
2: the reverse question is, and I know everybody wants money, but does it scream American when we start leaving tips? Can we offend um, somebody by yes. leaving a tip?
1: It's it. I don't think you can offend anyone. It depends on the situation. Um, for example, because I think a lot of the time um, we, f- uh, you know, Americans feel like they have to leave a tip for everyone. Um, you know, so even if it's a someone in the service industry. Um, that you know is has befriended you and become they 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 don't know what to do. So I would really just leave it to wherever you've paid for a service, um, and you feel like you've had a good service, leave a small amount. Okay. Typically, and and that's not going to offend anyone. If instead you're going to someone's bed and breakfast, that's a good friend of yours, and they welcome you and they pay for everything, leaving them a tip is a bit is a little offensive. So it's kind of the same.
0: Now, And it's not considered a tip, but let's say you go to a restaurant or even a cafe for that, that, and you sit, there is a per-person fee to sit down, correct?
1: So what that actually means by the coperto or the servizio um, is basically when you sit down, um, whatever, where you're sitting, so the tablecloth, if the bread comes out, if you're having pasta or or a steak, um, if there's a... um, cutlery you're basically paying for that it sounds crazy i know but it's like a one euro fifty two euros some places a little bit exaggerated four euros um, per person fee when you're eating and that's just basically a cover charge so that money does not go to the waiting person
0: you you know what's interesting about that and two euros per person was the standard what we saw all across except for we went to Geely's. And, and uh it was eight eight euro per person oh, eight really? eight euro per person no
1: see that it, when when that would happen you get up and you leave you go <laughs> next door or you go behind
0: <laughs> we didn't know till the bill came i'm like we just got four pastries and two cups of coffee and it was 60 euro i'm like where'd that come from because that was the most expensive bill Per yes. food that we had was geely, so that's a that's a good question. Do they do they tell
2: the customers in advance what the cover will be?
1: So by law, the menu should actually have the fee always. Even if you're walking into a, a you know a gelato shop where people walk out and they've told me they've spent twenty euros on a gelato, by law you can actually um, call the police and they will get a fine if they do not verify the per person cost of the cover charge, the cappuccino. Now, one thing that is particular about Julie, and because you're so used to Travis, you know, having co- visited Italy so often, is that you're used to paying one euro 50 for a cappuccino when you go to a local bar. Gili is one of those focal places that is, it, it is a tourist place, but it's also a local place for a Petitivo, but it costs double the amount of, double and a half the amount of any other place. So perhaps I would spend Five or six euros on a spitz if i went to and Aten, because it's, it's where it's the place it's the you know yeah and so that is also you have to always look at those things because one thing where you could get confused is when you walk into a bar the price list that you see is at the bar because that is a very common thing for italians to do to actually stand at the bar not only to have a cafe an espresso but even to have an aperitivo which could be a cocktail now, if you split at the bar, it would be half the price as, you know, to, to when you would stand. So you always have to look at the menu when you sit down. When it arrives, and if it seems really out of proportion, you just say, thank you very much and leave. You don't have to offend anyone, but you can leave, no problem.
0: So another thing, so if you're wondering now, restaurants and cafes, you, you don't have to tip. If you get great service, up to 10%. We were leaving our hotel on Wednesday morning, and... Anjanette goes, do we tip the housekeeper? And I go, I don't know. And I didn't. And I didn't know if that was the wrong thing to do or or the right thing to do. So when you leave a hotel, what is the proper etiquette when it comes to tipping?
1: So what I usually recommend that you do is you um, count the amount of days and you leave them like two or three euros per person per day. You know what I mean? So kind of like six euros a day. You put that in an envelope and you write stuff, you know, uh, and, and, and you leave that there, or sometimes I even leave it on the side lamp, um, when I'm leaving to make sure that they actually get it. Um, but that is very much an international way of doing things. An Italian would never do that. Um, one of the, the first jobs that I had was actually working with a Boston based company. Um, it was a luxury bike, company and i remember when when the company would organize the weekly packages they would add in at the end of the the um the packages all the different tips and for me coming from australia and having lived in in italy already by that point by 10 years it was such a foreign thing for me to imagine to leave a tip um and having worked dominantly with Americans and with American companies for, you know, over 20 years now, I realised that Americans, it's not only because they feel like um, they have to tip someone because they're earning a low wage. It's it's a custom for an American to to a gratitude which can be shown in, you know, in a monetary format. So it's not a bad thing to do. It's just... um, can become very confusing of what to actually do. Uh, I know that in the U S you leave sometimes 25%. There's no reason to leave that large amount. The idea is just to be a gratitude. So it's a small, you know, it's a, it's a token of thank you basically.
2: So that's how I see it. So Linda, we, we don't take taxis very often when we're in Florence, but now and then we, we, we do. And we've argued about this because we, and we've had a, significant disparity in service but when you have a good taxi service are you do Italians leave tips should we be leaving tips and what percentage there and
0: and I'm talking I think you're talking regular taxi driver yeah not uber
2: not 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 that type of a thing but yes
1: so exactly I understand what you mean because taxis in Italy um, my husband is a doctor and his best friend's a taxi driver. And we always make jokes because his best friend earns three times
0: more than he does of the doctor. Uh, because... Okay, then I'm, not tipping, I'm never going to tip a cab driver then, ever.
1: <laughs> because I'll tell you why. The license of a taxi driver is around a quarter of a million minimum. So it's, a, it's their own business. It's around 250000 um, minimum for a, a license as a taxi driver. That becomes their own business. So the owner is driving or his um, children, his families. It's a family business, basically. So what you're giving them, and typically they want you to give them cash, is the amount of money they will make. And in Florence in particular, where you have very small mileage and very high fees, I would not leave a tip to a taxi Driver.
0: I do have a question uh, uh, just on the taxi service. We got to the airport on uh, Wednesday morning. We got there at 5 o'clock a.m. and we get out and there is a woman bawling, crying, just weeping because the taxi driver took her husband because they were under the impression they could play, pay with card and he wouldn't take a card and said cash only. And he w- Is that the case? I thought taxi drivers were required to take card. Exactly. They
1: are. They're required to take cards. So what that lovely woman should have done is left the taxi and not paid, What? because the taxi driver is required to leave to have a card, uh, and and that that is by law. And, and in fact, it should even state that inside the taxi. Um, it's very unlikely that a taxi is going to um, lie to you about a fee or do something like that. It's a very it's a very particular case because they will get they will get their they could get their license removed from them um, but or barred for a certain amount of time and um, yeah they they would get into a big big trouble if um if they were reported.
0: So she should have said, hey, we're gonna call the police and we'll see what happens here. He probably would have said okay I'll take your card at that point, right?
1: Of course he would have or he because, would have driven off if he didn't have his card.
2: Because the fee from the airport to the city center is a, is a specific fee, like a lot of places. Right? Exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. And no. it, you know, and it's not just two euros. It's not just 10 euros. It's 25 with an additional two euros for each luggage. So he should have accepted. Perhaps he forgot his POS, but, he wouldn't be able to circulate without his post. So I think he had it on him.
0: Interesting. Now the wife that I have being the saint that she is gave the woman $30 or 30 euros and, and paid her taxi yeah. fee so they could leave. Your so, wife is a saint. Yeah, my wife. Cause it's I probably so wouldn't beautiful. have done that because I have zero empathy. So, it's it... so, beautiful. <laughs> this, so that's, uh... now when we got to Florence, we were picked up by this lovely black Mercedes van with some of the most beautiful leather on the inside. And that is a... Oh, you should have seen it, Pat. It was like See, a... We're going to pick you
1: up with that, Pat. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. it was, it was not as high-maintenance as It was
0: fabulous. It, it, it was Linda's uh, business partner, Alberto, who also has a, a driver service, right? So that is not a cab. When we're talking about a driver no. service, whether that's somebody who picks you up at the airport from a driving service or you have a driver service take you on wine tours and stuff like that is there tipping yeah. involved when it comes to that
1: yeah i would i would leave um tips to the drivers um firstly because when you arrive at the um at the airport they take your luggage they put it in the car for you so there's kind of a service involved anyway there should always be water in the car um, even if there's time usually they stop and they get you a coffee so they have this kind of like a serv- a great service. Um, they give you a map they give you they talk to you in English they talk to you about the city you know so they, they're providing a service so yes I would leave you know from the from the train from the airport of Fienze to the hotel i would leave 10 euros you know I would, that's what I would leave. Um, a service like that uh, would cost yeah from 70 to 100 euros. So I would leave a 10, a 10 euro tip, yes. You know, For brings... a full day? Tell me.
2: Well, that brings up a question. People that have been listening to this podcast might know, but those drivers, those people that are providing that service, they're paying an enormous tax, are they not?
1: Yes, they are, yes. Like we do as, as, um, as tour operators, but not only are they paying an enormous tax, but every six months they have to change all of the um the tires of the car they have to go through a and this is the the taxis don't do that Um, the taxi is a different lobbyist that really works well with the council and the government the drivers are always docked for anything that they do so um uh, it's 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 a very it's not easy to maintain the service that alberto and his father and other fabulous drivers all over Italy maintain we have we, it's called noleggio con conducente a driver with um, that you know has the license to allow uh, the public to be transported in their in their vehicle and you have to pass an exam for that and um, they really provide an excellent service and it's it's not an easy job
0: so you were going into an all-day service. So if you went on a Chianti wine tour, if they took yeah. you to Siena and San Gimignano, what's the tip for a driver on something like that?
1: So if you were going to, um, at the time, um, if you were just with an English-speaking driver, without a guide, without a tour leader, and they came and had lunch with you, and you paid for their lunch, um, at a, obviously at a, um, just a, an authentic restaurant, nothing particular, um, then I will leave at the end of the day 20 euros. But if I was, if they were with you the whole day and there's, you know, a couple or a family, I would leave 50 euros.
0: Okay. And that, and that seems, that seems, it seems kind
1: of like 10%.
0: Yeah. Now for the record, uh, when Alberto picked us up in this wonderful van, Pat, really, you should have been in the van. I mean, it's plush Here we go leather. Here we go. Um, um, I, I offered him 50 euro and he, he refused to take it. He refused. No. to no. Ta-
1: That's different. Travis. You see, that's a, that's where that we're not, you know, because for us, we're, we're colleagues, we're, 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 we're colleagues and friends. And so for us, we were, you know, it was like our family coming to visit us. So there's no way that we would have accepted any form of a tipping from you or Pat or anyone else.
0: <laughs> cause, cause it's, it's, we're family. We, we are family. Yeah. Well, that is good. Thank you.
1: A, yeah, familia. familia.
2: So what what is the service? What service can be rendered there that would require the most tipping? Mm, good question.
1: Mm. So um, I would say, I, I mean, a fifty euro is a is a, is a big per day fee. Um, we have, um, for example, um, multi day product where um, the same driver is with the family for seven days so this driver will take them all over italy from the same driver from venice and drop them off in rome or drop them off in naples in that way you would give them a a daily fee so it would kind of be like an 80 euros per day and then at the end of the week you would give them uh an envelope with that amount of money okay because that person has been with you over 12 hours a day okay so They've slept in the in the hotel. That has obviously gone into your fee, but food and all that other stuff has kind of gone into what they're getting paid per day. So to thank them, maximum. I mean, it could be sixty to eighty euro. I would give, but t- depending on the size of the family, you know, if you've got a family of six, you know, kind of think about it as ten euros each per day, you know, that kind of thing.
0: That makes a lot of That's sense. Good to know. How about okay? So you took us on a little uh, city tour, and you do. And you don't always do the tours, but you have people that do, they, they give no. Apertivo tours, and, and and whether you go to the David or the or the Duomo or the Santa yeah. Croce. So let's talk about those tour guides. They they're paid by you. Is there tipping yes. on top that goes with those tour guides? So um, if I was to do a historical
1: three-hour tour in the historical center with a guide i would give them a 20 euro tip i would recommend a 20 euro tip Uh, and about the same for the foodies guides i would give them you know 10 to 15 for 20 euros if it's a small group you know 10 euros five euros per couple is fine it's a token of saying you were great you know so again not expected but it's a kind of a nice thing you know to do at the end of the two hour walk to give them to give them a tip They usually, um, guides are paid very well in Italy. Uh, Historical guides will be paid from 50 to 70 euros per hour. So that's quite a good amount of money. Uh, Tour leaders, like my food guides, will make 20 to 50 euros per hour, okay? Depending on what they're doing, if they're a sommelier, if they're a wine expert, they will make more. So, you know, again, it's a token of gratitude but it's no—it's nowhere near the amount that you would leave in the U.S. So it's always that 10% in mind, 5 euros per person half day, 10 euros per person full day.
0: Man, I, I, have we covered every possible – where else could you tip? I'm trying to think where else could you tip. We've Ooh. covered about everything. I, I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else that, that you would tip – We've gone through the hotel, the taxi drivers, the, the the regular drivers, guides. Well, a lot of people will do a cooking class. Or oh yes,
2: here's like a good that. one. Mm-hmm. So, and they're paying a, a, a so set fee. Depends.
1: They're paying a significant fee, um, and typically it's not a company. The, the it's the chef that has made directly. So I wouldn't. I no, I wouldn't leave a tip in that circumstance. No, because it's the it's different if it's a company. Um, and perhaps um, the chef is working for that company. But when it's their own, there's a significant fee for, for those type of classes. So, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't leave a tip for those, no.
0: Do you have big plans for the holiday, Linda? Because Christmas is coming up. So, I,
1: I got my 48-hour emergency passport for my son, uh, Julio. I bought a ticket to Australia for Christmas, and I realized that yeah, Julio's passport had expired. So I had to rush to the embassy in Rome. Oh. Meanwhile, because he has Italian and Australian citizenship, so he needs both. So that was Becky. So I'll be going there for Christmas. I'll be having a hot Christmas, shrimps on the barbie, um, and New Year. And uh, and then back into Fidenza on the 9th of January. It looks like it's going to be a very, very busy year.
0: Well, that's good, right? That's good. That's good. That's good. Amazing. Well, no, we got say. there on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception and I was shocked at how many people were in Florence. I mean, I was, yeah. I, I, I mean, Pat, maybe were... one of the busiest times I've ever seen Florence was on the Feast of yeah. the Immaculate Conception. I was, I was surprised. Very
1: busy. A lot of Europeans on vacation during this time of the year as well. But um, it, it really seems like tourism is just at its height where people have had enough of staying indoors and they're ready to just kind of burst out and 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 enjoy uh, travel again, which is really a wonderful thing. We have got families coming in January. We have people asking me to do a tour on um, on Easter Sunday. Um, you know already. You know and and already contacting hotels in Sicily and the Amalfi Coast. May June, some of the rooms are already booked out. So it's, um, you know, it's a, great, it's a great thing. We're so excited and so happy and thankful as well that we survived and, uh, and that we have the opportunity to continue working with our wonderful friends and families and, you know, people from all over the world. Um, our dominant market is in an American uh, market that requests this type of multi-day product and, uh, and it's great it's so good to, t- to talk to people because the, typically what we first do when we're booking a vacation is to call them up. So they're so excited to, to travel again because there are people that still haven't traveled since the pandemic. Unlike, unlike you, Travis.
0: And Pat's been to Sicily since the pandemic, haven't
1: you? When were you in Sicily? Pat? We were
2: there in October of 21.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just you would have end. seen a different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah a very different uh, view in fact many of my clients who were there during the the two years of the pandemic are saying to me oh my gosh that was an incredible time to be there
2: there were no there were around. very few crowds um, a lot of shops were closed yeah especially in t- hot spots terramina that type of place um, mm, yes you could see that you could see the pain i'm glad to hear it's it's picking up
0: yes and, yes, And yes. you mentioned you, you, we love working with you and I hope you love working with us. Uh, we, we've done business uh, right for, how many years have we been talking now? Because uh, our friends, Dan and Kelly, who went along with us, were asking, how long have you known mm-hmm. Linda? And I go, God, mm-hmm. I, it's been 2017. Yeah, I, he was, he kept asking me, because yeah. he goes, oh, how many podcasts have you done? I, and I forget what number this is, um, but it's, we're getting close to a hundred podcasts that we've done. And and he goes, well, how did you find all these people? I said, well, we would just ask for recommendations, you know? And I remember, I think I just wrote you out of the blue one day and said, hey, would you like to do a podcast with us? And I think this is probably your third or fourth time on with us. So it's, and it's always, and we do, and we do business uh, outside together. And I'm I'm coming up with an idea, Pat. Maybe we can talk about it later. We're going to talk about it when we end this, uh, of bringing Linda and Alberto to the United States uh, for a little, for a little wine oh, yeah. and food. So I think it's a fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we got some ideas.
1: Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a great plan. That will be really exciting. It's really, I think one of the things that we need to really look at in terms of, um, people coming back to travel again and like you experienced the crowds, um, um, a couple of weeks ago is to really, um, uh, talk about a lot of the other different things that you can do in the cities. Uh, there's so many other museums. There's so many other restaurants. I'm finding it incredible that, that you know, my clients are uh, please, I can't get a, a booking at this place, you know. This blogger is telling me. Really starting to understand that, you know, in every city there are wonderful places to eat. You don't have to stand in line for hours for a panino. You don't have to, you know, Become because there's so many other great places that you can visit. So I know everyone likes to see the famous sites and beer, but we have to have this kind of more of a thoughtful, sustainable way of visiting a city. Um, and this is what I'm, I'm working on it a lot, on artisanal experiences, really advertising the off the beaten path, but not that far away. You know, the places that I took you to a couple of weeks ago, they were right near the Ponte Vecchio, but yes. they were all locals in there.
0: Yes. Uh, Before I let you go, I'm going to give a little secret. We stay in Florence and we use that as home base. Arezzo is turning into my favorite city. I love Arezzo.
1: Great food. Great food. And easy to get to as well. Yes. Very easy to get to. Beautiful historical center, incredible history, um, wonderful, wonderful place to visit. I love it. Usually I connect with Arezzo. So, Bussati. Do you, have you ever heard of Bussati? Uh-uh. Bussati is a, um, a linen weaver that is just very close to Anghiari, close to Arezzo. 200 years of weaving linens. Wow. 200 years. Wow. And, and it's a great, so, so next time we'll have to do that together. I'll take you there. It's such an amazing story. Can't
0: wait. Yes. That, that sounds like it. That's a day trip. I cannot wait to take that in the coffee. Linda, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for the information on tipping. I hope everybody who listens to this now has a clear understanding of when they go to Italy of how to tip, when to tip and how much to tip. So it's always good talking to you and thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Linda.
1: Thank you. Happy holidays and I look forward to seeing you next year.
2: I am jealous. What are you jealous for? Well, because I haven't had the opportunity to to spend time and meet Linda personally. We've been we've known her for years.
0: I've this is my this was my like fourth time spending, spending time, time with Linda. Yeah. Well, that's going to end. <laughs> All that tells me is, is I've been going to, to Tuscany more than you have. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, you go to Sicily now because you're Sicilian. I do. I'm I'm branching out.
2: But Tuscany is, uh, you know, it's that's the place to go.
0: It it is. You know, let's do an update here because, uh, you know, a couple of podcasts ago, which was, I'm just trying to look. This was... uh, Episode we're on episode eighty eight. Back on episode eighty one, we were talking about Italian citizenship. Mm-hmm. Are you an Italian citizen yet? Because you were very close. Where are you with your Italian citizenship? Uh, so we've submitted all the paperwork, and we are waiting for approval.
2: That can take. It's just an administrative thing. Yeah. So we're just waiting, and that could take some time. Um, I'm excited, though. I'm 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 looking forward to that day when I get the notification. And you're good. And you'll get your Italian passport. Then I then I will go get. Then there's another process to get the passport, uh, but that's that pales in comparison to getting the citizen.
0: So once you become a citizen, are your children eligible then to become citizens?
2: Yes. So they have to make a separate application because they're adults, right?
0: But they couldn't become citizens before you did, correct? Because of the lineage or not? They could have. Really? They could okay. Have.
2: But, but once mine is established, they will be able to utilize the same... Forms. Okay. Process.
0: All right. Yeah. Well, I tell you what. uh, If you enjoyed today's podcast, uh, make sure to you know give it a like on uh, iTunes or Podbean wherever you're listening. If you have not followed us on Facebook yet, just like our Facebook page or Instagram page. Uh, Just search Total Tuscany. And uh, I'm going to start posting some of the pictures that I that uh, I took when I was in Florence uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago. It was a great trip. If you want to go to, to Tuscany, if you have uh, suggestions or if you'd like to uh, know what to do or need some help planning that trip, uh, just send us an email, totaltuscany at gmail.com. That's totaltuscany at gmail.com. We'd be glad to help you out, point you in the right direction, and make sure you have the trip of a lifetime. Because uh, once you go, we promise You're going to keep going back again, 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 and again. For Mr. Pat Campania, I'm Travis Justice. We will talk to you next time on the Total Tuscany Podcast.